Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, March 25th, 2019. I am Eric. He is Tristan with us. Courageous editorial watchdog Leo Howe, and also our awesome researcher, bracket genius, and occasional producer because someone has to do it. Kyle Soppy's here as well. It's the four of us. A big happy family. So much weekend news to cover. How will we get to all of it? Tristan, you had like 18 drafts this weekend. Are you a little bit tired yeah. today? You feeling okay? Ready? <laughs> I actually got a good night's sleep last night. I didn't perform my draft, so I did it in reverse of what I suggest to everybody. <laughs> oh, drafts never end. Did you get Greg Holland in. <laughs> uh, zero. So you're Greg Holland in what? Nine leagues? I, I have in several, including the vampire. Yeah, but you added him in them. You didn't league. draft him. I'll tell you, I drafted him in like negative two leagues, so, uh, yeah. I did. I drafted him and then tweeted it out saying I feel ill. But I drafted him in a league yesterday. It's an email draft. It's been going rather slowly. And uh, and then somebody that's in the league retweeted my tweet. <laughs> I didn't even know he was on Twitter. Anyway, we have so much to get to. It's, it seems silly to waste time. Let's get to the buzz. All right, we're going to start in the great state of Ohio with a couple infielders. Um, I think uh, we'll go Cincinnati Reds first. It happened first. Uh, yep. So the first thing that happened with the Reds is that Nick Senzel, an awesome prospect, we think is going to hit in the majors, was demoted to the minor leagues. And I thought, this is not a conspiracy. He's barely played in AAA. He's barely played in center field. Scott Shevler had a great spring. Also, Shevler had 30 home runs two years ago. This not no big deal that Nick Senzel starts in the minors. The agent went nuts. But it doesn't have to be a conspiracy about... You know, about, uh, what is it, uh, roster, you know. It's it's not the Reds doing something that they... First of all, it's all legal even if they wanted to. It's not a Vlad Guerrero situation. A day later, Scooter Jeanette got hurt. It's a serious groin injury. He's out two to three months. The Reds are not going to play. Sends out second. He's bringing groom for center field. I agree with all this. Uh, Jose Peraza moves from short to second. Jose Iglesias plays short. He's a very good defender and can steal a base. I, I agree with what the Reds are doing, uh, but from a fantasy angle, if you're drafting today, Jeanette is not going in round seven. It's probably like round 20. Senzel, maybe you don't draft him at all. Your thoughts? Well, I, I don't agree with it, and I'm really surprised that you do. Uh, I agree with the idea that Shebler was going to play in center field. I don't have a problem with that. And if you want to groom Senzel to play in center field, I understand that. That's the Billy Hamilton thing. Remember, Billy Hamilton was a shortstop when he was rising the minor league ranks. And it didn't take long for him to get used to the transition to center field. So if that's the idea with Senzel, I, I get it. But once Jeanette went down... I, I do not understand Jose Iglesias over Nick Senzel. I mean, that's that's a baseball perspective kind of thing. I don't understand it at all, and it's frustrating for fantasy. I think the takeaway for us, though, is that I don't think they're going to get much production, the Reds, out of Iglesias. I, I, I get that he's pretty decent defensively. They move Jose Peraza to second, so any of Peraza's managers will get the benefit of some additional position flexibility. But I think Senzel's going to have to get in that second-base conversation around mid-April, and he'll be a guy who's uh, considered for a call-up in the Vladimir Guerrero time frame. I, I, I still am actively drafting him. Didn't change him in my ranks at all. I kind of want him more after this genetic injury. 
But if you're drafting today, you can't draft Jeanette in round seven. He's going to miss a third of the season. Right, so right. So where would you draft him? Uh, I think he's going to be a late-round pick. I think we're looking at him in the, the 15 to 20-round range. And and I was there in the first place because I wasn't sure he was going to make the team. I wasn't sure center field was going to work out. It was a full outfield. But they did demote Philip Irvin. So that was another guy taken out of the equation. Senzel as well, too. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, li- I like the upside. I know. Look, I I understand you're disappointed in Senzel, but this is this – is- Totally reasonable what the Reds are doing. He he barely played in AAA. He's barely played in center field. You can't just take a guy who's been a, a you know a, a middle infielder and say, all right, play center field. It's like Ketel Marte. Maybe he's just not ready. Needs more reps. I don't know if Senzel is going to be up in the majors in a week and or in ten or twelve weeks. I don't know. But Jeanette's not dead, so he's going to come back and play second base. So I, I understand why they're doing it. And since I was barely months. being drafted in ten teamers, it's three months. It's I two mean, to three months. Right. So. Like, it's, what do you it's do a, when Jeanette comes back? You just say, Senzel, here, move to center without any practice? No, and that, either. from that aspect, I completely understand it. But I think they're going to be forced in the situation where Senzel makes more sense at second base. They already have a full outfield. So I don't get why they're not just trying to make things work from a long, long-term perspective. If it's a, here's the other one that came to mind when you were talking there is that Glaber Torres is a good example of this. He missed a lot of time because of injury before last season. It was in 2017. He missed a lot of time, started last season in the majors, and then was quickly promoted. I feel like that's what's going to happen to Senzel but you just deal with it you let him adapt to that position at the major league level on on April 20th or something moving on to the Cleveland Indians Jose Ramirez sent a big scare to everybody Indians fans and the fantasy industry when he fouled a ball off his knee and was carted off the field couldn't even like walk walk or or with help to get off the field uh initial x-rays say no fracture but I, I think he's starting on the injury list. I doubt he plays this week. It's probably be a, a week or two, just like Francisco Lindor. So they're going with, like, Brad Miller, who they signed yesterday, and some guys I haven't even heard of. Um, if you're drafting today, again, if you've already got Ramirez or Lindor on a team, or even Jeanette, you're not doing anything. You're not dumping these guys. If you've got Jeanette already, you don't, you don't cut them. But if you're, if you're drafting today, is Jose Ramirez still your first-round pick? Uh, yeah, he is. I, I probably would now take J.D. Martinez just because any day lost is a problem. I mean, Ramirez could, as you said, miss a, a chunk of time. I'd, I, I'd be shocked if he plays on opening day. I really would. He actually had been drafted minutes before that happened in one of my drafts this weekend for $41 in a points league. And <laughs> there was a little bit of a freak out in the room. So it has an impact. There will be a little bit of a, a missed time. And I do think there's probably going to be an overcorrection in any drafts that happen from this point forward. And I, I, if you're taking him out of the first round, that's that's too much. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, speaking of too much, Cleveland's lineup right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not so great. I mean, if you take out, you know, these MVP contenders, it looks like Leonis Martin, Jake Bowers, Carlos Santana, Hanley Ramirez will be the DH. And then it really gets ugly. Eric Stametz is the shortstop. Tell me all you know about Eric Stametz and Max Moroff. I don't think you can. Yeah, that's. Um, my, I just okay. got my knowledge from you right there. <laughs> um, it turns out from uh, the Tokyo games that Matt Olson uh, with a Hammett injury. We we see this all the time. It's not. I mean, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but we know how to deal with Hammett injuries. The concern is that when they when the player comes back six weeks later from surgery, will the power be there? This is Matt Olson, the first baseman, and he was going tenth among the first baseman in ESPN ADP, which surprised me a little because, you know, he's not going to win a batting title. He hit like 240-something last year, but he is out probably until mid-May. The Athletics say Jerks and Profar can play first and Chad Pinder can play second. You and I both like Pinder. If you're drafting today, would you draft Pinder over Olsen or is that too much? That's too much. 
And I, I've been seeing an overcorrection in the two drafts I did this weekend. Uh, Olsen never got beyond $6. And they were on base percentage league, so there was a benefit to drafting Matt Olsen. Wow. Uh, I took him in one of them. I took him in the AL for exactly $6. I thought it was a good value because it, there's no reason that we need to severely move him down the ranks. That's effectively in a standard ESPN league, an undrafted player. This is a guy who, yeah, I know we get the one DL spot or the IL spot. But I think he's worth it right now. And frankly, I'd try to carry him on my bench until he comes back because I love the power potential. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a shame. But, like, the power potential could be affected. We don't need to ask the Fania Bell this. We know that hammer injuries can affect power when they come back. We're just not going to have any idea here. Some people might overcorrect and just not want Olsen and take another first baseman. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, drop him down to Mitch Moreland, but if you don't want to take... I mean, Olsen was going in the top 100, Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. Uh, in, in non-OBP leagues. So just be a little bit careful there, is, I guess, is my advice. And I still think Mark Kane is going to play plenty. Uh, Canada's going to play pr- plenty. Yep. He uh, kills lefties. Give me... Uh, if I told you Chad Pinder gets 500 plate appearances, give me his other numbers that matter. If he gets 500, I think Pinder's capable of 25 to 28 home runs, and the rest is kind of forgettable. Uh, The problem with Pinder is you want him in the daily leagues where you can slot him out against the tough righties. He should not be getting the 500 PAs and facing the tough right-handed pitchers. I think the appropriate amount is he's in the 400 to 450 range. Uh, and in that case, if they're they're using him when they should, maybe he gets you a 260-ish batting average, one that doesn't hurt you. Okay, so still 25 to 28 homers with a 260 batting average. That's that's a top 15 rounder right there. Yeah, you see yeah. What I'm but that like, I, yeah, Olson's missing. You know, six weeks of the season. That's still like a quarter of the season. I'm not saying I would take Pinder over Olson, but Pinder Pinder has second base eligibility. He's going to play. He can hit right handers. Case can be made. Well, he he doesn't hit righters the right handers that well. That's the problem. I mean, he's he's got the Harrison Bader issue. He's just not a guy you want to use in our standard game against righties. Uh, getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's just hard to know who to trust. And that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, next up on the news here, we're going to talk about the closer. So here is the closer carousel. The closer carousel. All right, um, I want to say an odd choice out of Arizona, but I understand why it happened. I kind of thought this was going to happen. It's just that Greg Holland pitched so poorly in spring training, and manager Tori Lovillo seems like the kind of guy, a modern manager. You know, his best pitcher doesn't need to close, but I was wondering if Greg Holland was even going to stay on the roster a week ago. Holland is the closer for Arizona to open the season. Archie Bradley and Yoshi Arana will be set up men. Uh, mainly, he says, and this surprised me that he admitted it, because Holland has experience in the role, which is ridiculous because Bradley and Arana could close just fine without experience, um, but also because the other guys are a little bit more versatile. 
uh, can pitch uh, more than three outs. So, you know, my first thought was I better get Holland in this, this one league where my second closer is Sir Anthony and I might need saves. I don't know if Holland's getting three saves or 30, but I think each is possible. Now, most people are going to say he's just terrible. He can't pitch well. He pitched fine the last two months for Washington last year. So you tell me, three saves or 30, which is more likely? Three, by a lot. Uh, but I see exactly where you're Why going. Why are you so sure? Why are you so sure? Because like, he's, like, I'm stunned he won this job. I, I, I think you're probably stunned he won this job. If it's a Joe Borowski approach by the Diamondbacks here and by Tori Lavolo, I get it that, that you don't need to have your best arm in the ninth inning in the save situation. But the problem I have with Holland is that he hasn't had the durability over the past couple of years. The other thing, too, is he pitches in the ballpark that does have the StatCast pitch tracking. And if you've looked at the velocity for him, he's averaging 90.3 miles per hour with his fastball. This is a guy who was dialing it up to 95 a few years ago. So his stuff's not there. It's a very surprising I, I, move to me. I, I hear everything you're saying. And my question is, a year ago, I, and this guy has, has nothing to do with who we're talking about, mm-hmm. but remember how poorly Shohei Otani pitched last spring and the velocity was down and we said he's going to get lit up. And then he just amped it up when April started. Why are we assuming that Holland can't throw 94 anymore? Like, maybe he's just working on his pitches. I, I want to be optimistic here. I, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Holland could lose the job the first week of the season. and But I don't think they want Bradley to close. They just don't. I'm going to lean towards Holland getting 30 saves. It might be ugly. It might be Fernando Rodney-like, you know, or some name of closer, K-Rod, who, who's been ugly in doing it. I think he keeps his job a while. Yeah, but I get it with Rodney and I get it with K-Rod because they were at least pitching effectively. Like, in his case, he's still throwing the fastball more than half the time. So I, I don't know exactly what he was doing in order to get that lower velocity. We're talking about a three-mile-per-hour drop. It's I, I know exactly what you're saying here. And, and saves, I mean, the best guy does not need to be getting the saves. I totally understand that. But you had Yoshihisa Hirano who threw... I mean, not often the spring, but through more effectively, I would have given him the job. Bradley hasn't been, Archie Bradley, he hasn't been that great either. I understand not putting him in the closer role, but Greg Holland, I, I question why he's on the roster. I, I think I, he's I, worth I, taking because yeah. of the saves, so I'm with you on that. But I would, I'd, I'd be formulating my exit plan, exit plan the minute I get him. I agree, but I think this is going to be like Brad Boxberger. He keeps the, the closer role, get, has an ERA over four, but he keeps the role for at least four or five months. Give I'll me the over-under. Give me a, a good over-under number, and we'll take we'll see where we're at on that. On what? On saves. How long is on the roster? I mean, no, I think saves. 30 saves. It's a Boxberger year. 30 saves with an ERA of 420. That's then what I'm I think strongly under. I'll take an under against that any day. Oh, you should. I think everybody should, but I think it's going to happen. Um, Milwaukee. After our show last week, Corey Knable said, oh, maybe this is worse than uh, we've been telling everybody. Jeremy Jeffers is already on the DL. My Josh Hader hate, which is not hate. It's just about value and saves. Looks ridiculous now. And Craig Kimbrell is still unsigned, although apparently he's talking to the Brewers. So I'll ask you this. Does any Brewer get 20 saves, and who is it? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think nobody on the Brewers gets 20 saves. Unless well, nobody Kimbrough on the Brewers signed. today gets 20 saves. Yes, it, if it could sign, he would get it. Right, it could very well be Craig Kimbrell, but I, I like where you're going here. I, it's not a matter of that I don't like the arms in the bullpen, but right now I, I'm not willing to jump on to the, the Josh Hader 20-plus save projection. I, I don't think they're going to use him that way. I'd agree with you on that. I, I just don't. 
Let's talk rotations briefly. Miami made some interesting moves that you don't often see for an also-ran team. Wei and Shen going to the bullpen, basically overpaid. He'll never pitch until they can dump him. And Dan Straley designated for assignment. He probably gave up a home run while I was saying that. But what this means is that Pablo Lopez, who I've been really all over this whole offseason, I took him in a sim league as a keeper. I took him in, I think, in a labor as a guy I want to put in the rotation right away. Lopez is in the rotation. Caleb Smith, who you wrote about as uh, one of your, uh, I don't remember which article, a sleeper or, you know, was it a bold statement? Miami's making moves in this rotation. They may not score a ton of runs, but I like the pitching. Do you agree? Uh, I do. Uh, the bold prediction, I, I remember where you were saying with Caleb Smith, I forget which column it was too, but the one I liked was <laughs> I think the that the Marlins rotation can and will outpitch the Atlanta Braves rotation. And I know now because of the Braves rookies who are in there, that's not as crazy as it sounds. But just take the Marlins seriously. Trevor Richards had a great spring. Caleb Smith got healthy a lot quicker than I expected. Pablo Lopez, Eric, as you said, that was a guy who was uh, didn't meet the qualification for Kings of Command but got a write-up because I love the stuff and he met the numbers on limited uh, batters faced. These three guys are great dart throws, even in our game, I think. If you feel strongly about one in particular, and for me it's Caleb Smith, throw the dart. Oh, yeah, for me it's Pablo Lopez. I picked him up in the Vampire League, and uh, I also think Sandy Alcantara is worth looking at. Still a lot of walks, but a strikeout pitcher. These are strikeout pitchers, yep. and um, we don't know their closer yet. I mean, I, we were talking saves here, but who do you think? All right, any Marlin get 20 saves? Uh, I'll lean, you know, and I think I'll lean no right now. And I think if anyone does, it's Romo. I think it's Romo too. And the fact that they haven't announced it yet makes me think it's Romo. I don't know why. I mean, they have Steckenrider, Rider. They have Adam Conley, who actually looks good. I like um, him. I do too. I think, I think it's Romo. Or why would you keep him on the roster? Like, it's almost like, why would you sign him? If you're going to get rid of Straley and hopefully Chen, why would you keep Romo around if he's not your closer? I, Romo's I mean, been okay this spring, they're... too. So I think that that's kind of a sign that he... I, I, th- I think you're overrating spring numbers. It doesn't matter for Romo what his spring numbers are. They know what he can do. They know he's experienced. And they w- probably want him to get saved so they can flip him in July, would be my guess. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and, I mean, it, it boosts uh, his know. value. But the thing is that if you're going to compare or contrast him against Drew Steckenrider, who's the righty, and I think Mattingly likes to go with the right-handed pitcher, I think Romo elevates based on the spring performance. I like Conley. I, I think Conley probably is the up, most upside of the three. He is the lefty, though. A lot of managers don't like lefties to close. Um, Atlanta's starting rotation, and we'll get to this more on Thursday as we preview the big weekend. Uh, the games start on Thursday, and they start in the afternoon, so you may not listen to the show. But give me your take on it, what Atlanta's doing in the first week of the season. Kyle Wright made the rotation against, and they say, again, playing the Phillies, which is a very right-handed lineup except for Bryce Harper. So I understand why Atlanta might do this, going with right-handed heavy in the rotation. But, you know, could these guys stick around? What do you think? I wonder whether they, when they put Sean Newcomb in the home opener, whether it was just because they wanted to have the more, you know, the guy who who had earned it off stats last year in the home opener game, and they did it at the expense of the two road games in Philly. I, and if that's the case, it was a foolish move. I, I'm, I'm teed up here to feel like a hater today, but I don't understand the Tukey Toussaint demotion. 
I know he's got control issues. I don't understand sending him to the minors and not giving him a chance over a Bryce Wilson or a Max Fried. And as a matter of fact, if I'm in an NL-only league or a very deep mixed league, I'm still going to throw that dart at Tucson. I just think he has too good stuff, and he'll be back pretty quickly. I, I can't start a Bryce Wilson. I just I don't see enough of a track record here for me. I do think Kyle Wright is a very interesting prospect, but you've got to draft him and put him on your bench. I can't use him against Philly. Maybe the Miami game in the second turn. Yeah, and by the way, you know, and this isn't homerism, Philly's right-handed hitters do hit right-handed pitching. I mean, Hoskins, if he plays, McCutcheon's fine, JT Real Muto, Gene Segura gets hits against everybody. So it's not like the obvious, it's not like an opener, uh, a right-handed pitcher against, you know, right-handed hitters like that. I mean, Philly's going to hit right-handed pitching. So, but it's only one series. I just think Kyle Wright has some nice upside here. Yep. Um, one last guy here before we get to the break and the uh, hash browns. Rich Hill, the Dodgers. Shocking. He's on the DL. But give me your take on the Dodgers rotation here. No Kershaw. No, is Bueller pitching right away? I'm not sure. I mean, I think what's he's happening game, with the Dodgers? Yeah, I think he's game three, Bueller. Uh, it'll be Hyunjin Ryu in the uh, opening day game. Then Ross Stripling. I believe it's going to be Bueller for the next one. Julio Arias is still in the running for the rotation. So I could see them being forced to put him in there as the four and more likely the five. Uh, I think the Dodgers are, just like they were the past two seasons, going to be requiring a lot of management from fantasy managers here. You're going to have to keep, you know, pay attention to the rotations, never trust the two start options here. But the upside for each of these arms is still great. I, I still do want to get Ryu in the games he starts and Stripling in the games he starts. Most certainly Bueller's going to be in for every game that he pitches, I think. As a matter of fact, those three I would start any time. And Arias, I think he's probably going to give you 100 quality innings one way or the other. Who makes more starts this season? Rank them. Kershaw, Urias, Stripling. Uh, in order of most starts, I'll go Stripling, Kershaw, Urias. How about you? And he make twenty, and nobody makes twenty-five of the three of them. I, I think Stripling no. could, but I no, I don't think that I don't think anyone will get there. All right, that's the first half of our show. Come back for the second and the hash browns. Somebody tweeted us that this song was being played at like a wedding. Did you see that? It, yeah, I saw that. That's it. Should be. I mean, I don't get married I, I for another couple of months. I can't keep up with Twitter. Kyle, right, yeah, you got to play this song. October. Yeah, right? October. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying like this. during football season. Oh my God! Believe me, I'm not the one that picked the date. Kyle, is this the first dance? This song? Of course. All right, we I love it. We need some words over the top, though, right? Or are you just go instrumental? I'll sing something for you if you oh, like. Oh, I, I like the sounds of this, Tristan. I like the sounds of it. <laughs> I don't know the words to this song. Do, do, do. Oh, yeah. That's gold. Radio gold right there. Speaking of gold, we got some hash browns coming in. Always the night before the podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. Hashtag 06010MLB. We'll take care of your questions. Make you a smarter fantasy baseball player the next morning. Matt wants to know, why is there no excitement surrounding Steven Souza this season? Dude put together a 30-16 season just a season ago. Steven Souza, who I have somewhere. You know, this happens a lot, to be honest with you. Like, a player gets hurt, a player does this, a, you know, or, or we mention a player in the hash browns, and I'm like, I know I got him somewhere, but Where? And now, like, people are trying to get me to join yet another league. I'm thinking, I don't know where he is. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get the napkins going there. I'm telling you. You you are on the ball when you have those set. I know Sousa's on one of my teams, at least. Well, um, Steven Sousa's like your car Sousa. keys. 
Like they're they're definitely somewhere. You're just not sure where. I never lose my car keys. No, I but Stephen Souza, you can't keep track of. I can't. I I thought I had scooter somewhere, and I was like, mm. where do I have scooter? Um, By the way, where are your car keys? They're in my drawer. They're always in my drawer. They're either in my drawer or my pocket. That's it. There's no other place I will put my car keys. Smart man. None. Consistency. Yeah. I put um, them on the door handle. I'm with you. Do you have an easier time finding your keys or your phone? Oh my god, phone never, never leaves my side. Any, my phone is always on me. Yeah, same. So it's like actually a body part, that. isn't it? You know, I've been trying to use the phone less. I'll admit to that. And 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 you'll think this is weird, but as a guy who eats a third of a cookie, I will not <laughs> check my. I will check my phone now at only the top or bottom of the hour, wow. as long as it's not like as long as it's not like a high traffic time where I'm doing something like Saturday afternoon. I'm watching basketball. It's two o'clock. I get an email at two o eight. I wait till two thirty. That's my discipline. I, I I will not check my phone every time I get an email. If I get a text, I have to reply to. That's one thing. But I will wait now. I will try to wait top of the hour, bottom of the hour to check my phone. I don't think it's close. You are the most disciplined person on planet Earth. He might well be. Yeah. That's not crazy though. Right? I'm not I saying mean, it's crazy. Like, no, I like it. I, I wish couldn't I could do it. Do yeah. <laughs> Oh, I do it. My wife's literally on her phone all the time. I have a daughter too. But I will not – I will just put the phone down. I hear the email and I just say, I can wait. Wow. What, who's emailing me at 2.15 on a Saturday afternoon? I can't, can't wait? It can wait. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Probably me. It's probably – yeah. If you text me. Leo, how could you? All right. We're wasting time. What's that? All right. All right so Steven Sousa. Sousa. Um, I, I probably like him more than you. I expect him to hit around 2.40. But I do think a 25 homer, 15 steal season is possible <laughs> if he could just stay healthy. Oh man, you know you're I, laughing at that. No, I'm not because I just ran the per 162 games numbers on Baseball Reference for his three year average here, and it was 238 average, 25 homers, 14 stolen bases. So you're spot that's on to yeah, three year average. When he's healthy, yeah, you're right. And from that aspect, I like him. Why aren't people drafting him? It's the health history. That's all it is. And we can guess, is it 80 games or 140? We just don't know. Um, by the way, Christian Walker made that team. Now, I don't know yeah. if he can play corner outfield. That They're saying, Lavillo, again, this surprised me. Jake Lamb can't hit left-handed pitching. Why would you play him against left-handed pitching when you've got Christian Walker? Right. He's saying that Lamb plays against all pitching. Now, I think that's just ridiculous. And I want to see Christian Walker do his Christian Villanueva thing. But... Over, under, on plate appearances for Christian Walker. I guess we have to set it low. 280. 280. Okay. Uh, I'll say it should over. should be higher. Yeah, I'll it say over, be. but I also am not a big Jake Lamb guy. And this is a Lavolo, This is Lavolo's March 28th. We'll see what Lavolo's April 4th looks like. Yeah, take Souza over Lamb, of course, I think. Um, Souza in the first 20 rounds, yes. I think he's your fourth or fifth outfitter, and I agree that he's not going where he should next. All right. Steven's got a draft today, and he's putting all his trust in you guys to make his final two picks. He wants a hitter and a pitcher that aren't being drafted in most <laughs> leagues that can win him his league. Aren't being drafted. Aren't drafted. We'll we, be mentioned a few. we mentioned a Did few, so we'll, we'll give you new guys. Sure. Pablo Lopez is, is near, like if Bieber's going, then Pablo Lopez is at the top of my list. Um, and Bieber should be going. But let me Bieber's see who's going. not being drafted. This this new ADP, like I gotta click and click and click um, to get to the end. All right, I got a picture for you. Shoot, I, Kristen Stewart of Detroit is probably yep. gonna hit twenty home runs at least, and he might That's bat a good second. One. 
Yep, he's and and I mean again, we're not I don't not trying to put excessive weight in the spring numbers, but it's been a a promising spring for him, which is what he needed. Oh, he can hit. He's got pop. Yep. Um, and and right going right next to him in ADP is Fran Moraes. I still have no clarity on San Diego's outfield, but I don't see how Manuel Margot can start in center field. I th- and they're saying Will Myers will not play center. He's the left fielder. So Hunter Renfro is getting drafted in a whole lot of leagues and may not play regularly. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do. I guess they could try Reyes or Renfro in center. I haven't seen much talk about Franchi Cordero. Um, I, I'd say Ryan McMahon's another guy to watch. He could get 400 plate appearances and do damage in, in course. What do you got? The pitcher I was thinking of was Michael Pineda. I'm seeing him ending up going as a mixed league reserve. But a lot of promising signs on the health front, kind of like the Caleb Smith th- thing I said uh, earlier in the show. The hitter I'm seeing going around the reserve times, in, and we're talking about the, just the majority of mixed leagues, and most definitely in our standard game, is Ryan O'Hearn. Uh, O'Hearn, another guy who's put up pretty decent discipline numbers during spring training. I think that's a positive that locks down a job for him. He does have very good power. I am a big Ryan O'Hearn fan. You saw me take him in our sim keeper as well. And I'm expect, and I have him in my score sheet league. I know, in a platoon with Matt Davidson. I've got like four platoons on my score sheet team. Mm-hmm. O'Hearn with Davidson, and Davidson can hit lefties, and he hits he hits for power. Um, I've got one in right. I've got Granderson and Canna in right field. I think that's a great platoon. I love that platoon. Uh, what else do I have? Um, I don't know. Um, I got to think about it. How about Tyler O'Neill? Since we're going with the O's, Tyler O'Neill. Um, you know, I actually took Dexter Fowler in a league because I think they might bat him at the top of the lineup. And, you know, two years ago, he wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think Tyler O'Neill has a lot of stolen, ba- a lot of power potential. Yep. But they, they can't give up on Fowler. And I think they have to play Bader in center, don't they? They do because of the defense. The defense is far too important. I mean, you could slot Bader out against the tough righties like we were talking about a couple minutes ago. But that you do that at the expense of defense. And it's not like Manuel Margot, who just didn't hit at all last year. Bader hit for some pop against lefties and can steal a base. He crushes so, lefties. And they're batting him like 7th or 8th. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, by the way, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. It has nothing to do with Tyler O'Neill. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? And why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and other wellness supplements for men. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. So order now. Listeners to this fine show get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last. Now, restrictions apply. See the website for full details. But this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So go to 4 slash FFB. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-F-B. Forhims.com slash F-F-B. Okay, Kyle, somebody must have a question. Sure. You actually mentioned McMahon in the last answer. Andrew's got a question regarding him. 
Hampson's the one that gets all the hype in Colorado, but is McMahon potentially the better 2019 play, or would you take a chance at rostering both and hope one breaks out? Well, certainly Hampson steals bases, and there's not a lot of guys who do. I, you can make a case that maybe 10 players are going to steal 30 bases. If Hampson got 500 PA, he could be one of them. McMahon's the power guy. I doubt the batting average will be high. And we have to assume that Daniel Murphy's not playing all 162 at first base. So I would rather roster Hampson than McMahon, but that's not a reflection of who I think is maybe the better player long term. Yeah, I think McMahon's better with the bat, but it's the it's the steals with Garrett Hampson that are driving this. Uh, and I am saying that the buzz is carrying Hampson to a price point that probably makes McMahon a smarter investment. They both have opened a lot of eyes in, in their uh, camp this year, so they'll both make the team they'll both have roles i think speaking of colorado guys we've got a question here how do you think the dj lemayhu tulowitzki situation will look until dd gregorius returns yeah they are yankees now and i guess we should ask the yankee expert what's going to happen here lemayhu's <laughs> not playing regularly i assume i don't know how they could um and and torres isn't playing short so Tulowitzki has played well this spring. He's looked good. I don't care what the numbers say, but he's looked capable of hitting. Now, he may not stay healthy more than a week, but how can you give LeMayhew, how can we project 500 PA for him? I don't see how we can. I, I don't see how we can either. And I, I think that the LeMayhew signing makes as little sense today as it did the day it was done. Because where's he going to play? I, I mean, I get it that when Troy Tulowitzki sits, Labor Torres moves over to shortstop, but shuffling him between two positions as a regular seems awfully complicated to me. Uh, I think LeMay is going to have to just find his opportunities four out of every six or seven games per week, and that's not going to carry an awful lot of fantasy value. It's going to be kind of that 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 uh, useful guy in the sabermetrically inclined leagues where he lasted until the last round of your draft, and he is doing that in a lot of the ones that I've seen. Uh, Tulowitzki, I'm not sure... It's a lot of power and a lot of Ks this spring. I haven't seen an awful lot else. Just looks healthy. I don't know why I would draft LeMayhew at all. I mean, first of all, he's leaving Coors Field. That's going to have a huge effect on his numbers. He has no power. Doesn't really run a lot. He was kind of just like a batting average only guy who scored runs because of where they hit him in the lineup. Right now, he's going in ESP and ADP ahead of other second basemen. Cattell Marte, Lourdes Gurriel, who looks like he's got pop. Nick Senzel, who's in the minors. Adam Fraser, who I think is still 20-plus bases. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants Jed Lowry, Ben Zobrist, or Joey Wendell, who I love. Joey Wendell had a terrific year, although not for fantasy. Right. They're all going behind LeMahieu, and that seems odd to me. Yeah. I mean, LeMahieu, remember, his strength is his glove and his patience at the plate. And these don't show up in the traditional rotisserie five. So, mm. Okay, let's keep it going. All right, Alex has a keeper league question. He wants to know your confidence level in the following three players. All very good. We've got Albies, Springer, Bellinger. Can you rank them and profile how confident you are moving forward? I think in ESPN ADP for this year, the order is Bellinger, Springer, Albies. I know in your do not draft list, Albies scares me for two reasons. His second half was brutal. No power, no on base. And Atlanta could just drop him in the lineup to 7th or 8th. Mm-hmm. Now, it might depend on Swanson, what he's doing, or if Swanson's even playing, Camargo could play or Culberson. But 
Ozzy Albee seems like a guy who you watch in April, and if it's not going well, you run away. Because all that power came in like the first couple weeks, and, you know, if he's not getting on base, then that's a problem. So my confidence in a keeper league, now, it's a keeper. I think it's Bellinger, then Bellinger, Albies, Springer. I'm going to take Albies over Springer because I think Albies will get it right and steal bases. And Springer seems a little overrated. No batting average, no stolen bases. And to the point about zero stolen bases, he's 29 years old, so he's getting to the point where players start to lose a step in terms of the base-stealing ability. I, I think people think George Springer is younger than he is, and he's not. That's one of the reasons I put him in the, the, the not-on-my-team do not slash do not draft. Albies, I, I agree with you about the, the second half was a concern. Albies, I, I just thought of it this morning. He, his future career reminds me a lot of what Ray Durham's was. A pretty good player, but not a superstar or an MVP type candidate. That's a good guy to get, and I feel like it's a little bit safer investment than what Springer has remaining. So I'm also going Bellinger, Albies, and Springer. Yeah, I mean, Bellinger seems like a safe 30 homer guy for the next five years. You know, whether it's first base or outfield. Mm -hmm. Can steal a base, get better with contact. Absolutely. And I think last year was a bit of a disappointment for him. But the expectations were a little high. But I think you can count on power from him. Springer, I think we've already seen his best. And Albies, at least he runs. Albies should bat second. Atlanta's lineup looks good. And Albies is young. He's 22. So he's got time. And that matters in a keeper league. You don't want to end up like, I have a keeper league team that like with Nelson Cruz and Chris Davis and somebody else who's certainly not young. And well, Chris Davis isn't old, but like it's an old man like profile. And uh, I'm thinking, well, I- I'm going to lose. I had Beltray on that team, you know, and I just lost him for nothing. I didn't trade him because I was contending. Y- you got to watch your keeper league. Not everybody has to be young, but mm-hmm. you can still roster Nelson Cruz, but not everybody. You got to have some balance. I-, I actually did have a conversation with somebody at Tout Wars, and it was a-, a good point made here that in the true dynasty leagues, that age is substantial in the rankings. And the fact that Bellinger is 23 and Albies is 22, where Springer is 29, that is a huge impact. And I think people will be surprised at our answer here because Springer is going really early in drafts. And look, it's a lot of runs and, and power. But yeah, that, that age. Yeah. He's a great player. Two years. Great player. Very good player. Very good player. All right. What else? Wow, I like it. All right. I got a draft coming up tonight. Last one. And I've got some over-unders for you guys. I gotta need to know where these star players sit based on what we saw last year. You guys up for it? Sure. Yeah, always. All right, I appreciate that. We got Charlie Blackman. He went 41 homers plus steals last season. Over-under that number this season? Under. I'm, I'll also say under. All right. Goldie hit 33 bombs with the Diamondbacks last year. You go over-under this year? I'm going to say over on Goldschmidt. Ooh, I like it. 33 homers and like 15 stolen bases too yeah, that's the thing I actually am going to go under I'm with Eric on the steals I think they're coming back okay the speed I mean you got to take it at this point Mike Moustakis drives in over under 95 runs this season to match last year wow. I'm going to say under I like him though, don't you? Yeah, I know you, I, I know you like him better than Travis Shaw, but I don't think either of them knock in 95 runs this year yeah I mean I, I think the smart call here is under but I I I like the guy. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Jameson Tyone, another guy I know you guys like. Three two zero ERA last season. Does he do that again this year? I think it's better this year. Better. Yeah, that's a tough one to go over or under. Funky. Uh, 
I, I think it's better, and I'll say it with great confidence. Wow. Is he top? Where are you putting him in the ERA title this year? I think he's top five in baseball. Wow. I, I actually think he might top make five. A, I mean, he I, might make I a Cy Young case. He's not in my top ten starting pitchers, but he's like thirteen or fourteen, right? He's close. So. He's in. He's in the t- uh, yeah, the teens, the, the eleven to twenty. And I have I if I had to have a feeling of anybody outside the top ten who's definitely going to be top ten this year, that's probably the first I'd go to. If you're waiting on a pitcher, you don't want and one. My of guy is the next guy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. teaser. He, he just named a guy who he thinks he's going to end up in the top ten starting pitchers. Yeah, the, the guy you're about to name is my my pick. All right, yeah, let's get it. there. Let's. Uh, Jack Flaherty struck out more batters than Zach Wheeler last season. Does that happen again this year? Yes. And for clarity, Flaherty's your guy, Eric. Because I'll take Wheeler. I mean, I think all three of the guys mentioned in these last two questions have a legit shot to be an SP one this year. I. I agree on all three pitchers, but I, I, I've, I've got Flaherty in quite a few places, and I'm expecting him to make that Aaron Nola type jump. Whoa! Okay. I, I love that I can be an optimist here. Eric is correct on this one. He will win that K rate by a lot. I think the difference will be greater this year. It was I just three last year, so we're not talking. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, go significantly. <laughs> gra- I think it's going to be at least a twenty-five k gap ah. between the two. I I just worry about whether Flaherty gets the innings, but I'm 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 just about there with Eric being all in. You going over two hundred k's for Flaherty then? Okay. Yes. Wow, I like it. How many how many pitchers are you even going to get two hundred k's? Like I'm going to get enough innings to get two hundred k's. How many did it last yeah. year? Twelve. Yeah, it's the it's the innings yeah, that I mean, are going to be the problem. Let's. Uh, how many was it last year? It was a lot. Here we go. It was, uh, that would be 16. You have to go under that number this year, right? Yeah. Um, I'll go over. Wow. Okay. I think it'll be, well, it might be about the same number, but I do think, I think it'll be at least, at least 15. So I'll take over. Eric, break the tie. Over. over. I, um, I, I think a lot of straight, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going over. Um, Anyway, this has been our Monday show, and we thank you so much for listening to it, downloading, listening. I don't care what the words are. Just hey, We're trying to give you advice and information, have some fun along the way. Our, our foursome here of Sapi, Howell, Cockroft, Carabell. It's quite a law firm. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to uh, to do it all again and preview the big weekend. Game start on Thursday, so don't forget. The baseball season is not over. Only two games out of the 2,400 or so. Um, we hope your brackets are doing well. By the way... Um, Want to wish some positive thoughts for our friend Tom, the intern, who heads to the injury list this week after some surgery. Tom's a great guy. And, of course, I look to see who's winning our podcast tournament challenge group, and Tom is at 99.8%, which doesn't surprise me in the least. (laughs) Of course. Um, Although I will say I am happy. I am tied for third in the group, and I'm in the 96th percentile, and I'm looking at you guys. I didn't even find you. Hey, it's coming. Uh, Don't don't comment. That's not how you start. I'm just saying. It's not how you start. I am a winner. I won, and that's all that there is to it. Because I went chalk with so many of the matchups, and there's like what only one team, only one seed out of the top uh, out of a top five. five seed, yeah, just pick winners uh, though. That's Oregon, the only so. job of the bracket. It doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah, that's I win this way. I'm winning. That's it. you lost. Um, <laughs> it's not over. So it ain't over. <sighs> I'm calling it over. Have an awesome few days until the season starts on Thursday, and let it continue to be awesome. And that's all for this awesome show. Have an awesome day. Everything is awesome.
darkness. <laughs>